Sacred is about a month into maybe six weeks into procuring another cooler. I don't think that the timeline is extremely extended to have that, you know, considerable additional cooler space happen there. Um, that expansion is is not something that Escambia County would be looking to, uh, you know, to the partner counties for contribution for. That's something that we're looking, you know, that, that we're doing and taking on. So, um, you know, I know that that's one of the immediate needs is additional cooler space. So that's, uh, like I said, we're a month or six weeks into that into that procurement by Sacred Heart themselves. It was kind of an interesting moment in the middle of the TPO, which is not the Domes, District 1 Medical Examiner, um, but you had the members of the TPO who normally can't talk to each other about some things, uh, and this theoretically could be one of them, although Stephen Barry could talk to Bob Cole because they don't sit on a board where they jointly talk about this. But anyway, um, Stephen Barry yesterday, uh, after Bob Cole had raised a very polite version of what he said in the county commission meeting the other day, that uh, basically uh, Doug Broxson is pissed <laughs> about how Escambia keeps dragging our feet on all of this and that not getting the District 1 Medical Examiner's office built. And uh, and Bob Cole kind of reiterated that in a smaller way and you know basically saying, I don't want to see freezer trailers of people's bodies in them like we saw in some of the hurricanes. And Stephen Bear is like, well, we're working on buying an extra cooler at Sacred. Uh, he said that uh, Eric Gilmore was one of the people that he was kind of talking to and working on with this. And so Eric happens to be here this morning. Uh, Wes Brenner needed the week off, which I always understand. Uh, Eric Gilmore is our director of public safety for Escambia County. Eric, welcome back to the Pensacola Morning News, sir. Thanks for having me, Andrew. Appreciate being here. Great to have you. So can you give us any update? I know you have been involved in this. We're talking about maybe expanding the facility at Sacred, using an extra building, doubling their cooler space. Meanwhile, the, of course, the employees, <laughs> they showed up at the county commission meeting to pitch a fit saying, no, 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 you need to build a building and make us, this is a horrible situation. But can you tell us about this cooler deal? Is that going to happen? Uh, yes, so uh, the county is going forward and working with Sacred Heart to try to uh, get the additional floor space for the medical examiner is one of the more immediate needs. I mean, as it sits right now, if that's, the need is a cooler space because the cooler space is shared between Sacred Heart Hospital and the medical examiner's office. So having a larger capacity uh, helps both, both entities out and uh, it's something that's going to be needed anyway down the road. Whether we build a facility um, you know, somewhere else uh, is still going to be needed. Sacred Heart's going to need it. So we're working with the uh, medical examiner's office. Uh, we're working with Sacred Heart to, uh, and their engineers to put in a second cooler or an additional cooler space to help meet the need and uh, release some pressure down there. Okay, so we need the equipment here or there anyway. And if we're going to need the equipment eventually anyway, might as well buy it and start using it now and help alleviate the problem. Do I have that basically right? That's correct. I mean, by the time, if we, you know, wherever we build a facility at or wherever facility comes to fruition, it's still, you know, a little ways down the road. So uh, the immediate need is getting cooler space. And I think that's what the board was looking at here in Escambia County, of course, is willing to put the bill for that to help relieve some of that pressure. Very good. Uh, one of the things I wanted to ask you about specifically, because I know you're involved in this, is today at the Juvenile Justice Center right there by the, um, the you know, the jail, the intake facility, Grayskull, all that, the, there's going to be an active shooter drill during the middle of the day today. So we do want people to know that in case, you know, they're driving in the area and they see something. This is a case where you don't have to call it in. Uh, but tell us what they can expect and tell us why that building in particular. Uh, so we're using we're trying to utilize a building that's not heavily occupied throughout the day, as you can imagine, and uh, where we can get all our units in there and kind of you know you don't want something that's just immediately out here in public closing down main roads and uh, main <laughs> drive throughs. Uh, so uh, working with the court system, working with court, court and others, and sheriff's office and all our entities, 
Um, we're going to be doing an active shooter drill today, which is going to help um, bolster our response, bolster sheriff's response. And, you know, the school district goes through active shooters so their staff can understand and know what to do during an active shooter event. So the court, you know, the court system, they, they want to make sure that they understand, too, uh, because, you know, having the opportunity to go through one of these is, uh, is eye-opening. It uh, gives you a better perspective. We can talk about it all day long, but until you put rubber to the road and actually put somebody through a scenario, it, you know, uh, we can see where all our gaps are. Where we need to shore up our response. Shore up, you know, last time I think they did this, uh, communications they identified was a huge problem, especially uh, interior in the building with radio systems. So uh, we want to test our capabilities, test our um, what we've written down on paper, because, you know, sometimes you take what you write on paper, you think you know, and then you actually exercise it, and you go, oh, that didn't work. And we got to go back to the drawing board altogether. Uh, so, you know, hopefully, uh, you know, we want to we want to see the fail points and make sure that we have everything shored up. Hey, if you're going to practice, you, you practice for emergencies because emergencies are not the time to find out you're not doing something right. I mean, that's the, you know, just like <laughs> that's exactly right. you drill for fires, you drill for you for hurricanes and you drill for, you know, active shooters. And by the way, I said it wrong. It's not today. It's tomorrow uh, from tomorrow. 11 to 5 oh, yeah, thank you. at the Theodore Bruno right. Juvenile Justice Center. So uh, sorry, I didn't I just, you know, I, I got ahead of myself on the date. Um, you just got back from uh, Ian. You were helping out with the uh, EOC there in Tallahassee, the Emergency Operations Center there in Tallahassee. Um, and any final notes on that? It had to make you feel happy to see the Pine Island Bridge get back up so quick. Now they got Sanibel open with a giant pile of sand and some temporary crossings. But uh, that's got to feel good. I was also concerned about the highways. I thought at one point we had uh, north, north, south, I think, connector routes were not available for the trucks. Has that kind of all been fixed now? That has temporarily been resolved, yes. So uh, temporary access has been uh, installed in those areas, which is amazing uh, to get those things. I mean, you, you've seen the drone footage and the uh, you know the news footage of those uh, infrastructure pieces out, and you see what they've done to get temporary uh, roads in there so we can get commodities, get the resources, and get uh, people what they need. It, it was an amazing feat to get those things. I, you know, I'm sitting here in the state of OC, and I'm hearing all these discussions and part of the discussions about how we're going to get these things back up. And we're, you know, just going, there's no way. There's no way. And all of a sudden, you know, yeah, there is a way that right. we, we pulled it off. Would, I mean, it's crazy. It's, it's phenomenal. It's, it is exciting to be a part of that. Uh, but uh, just to know that, you know, no is not an answer. There is no barrier. We'll just go over and around it, and we'll figure this out, and we'll make it work. And that, that was amazing to watch that. I know when I heard the governor say, like, by the end of the month, Sanibel, I'm like, come on, man. <laughs> and here we are. We're not even, I mean, we're, like, not even halfway through the month. That's uh, pretty amazing. Um, so you went over there, and I, okay, I, I have to ask you this question because this concerns me. So uh, you were a volunteer firefighter, uh, and then you came on as the um, uh, the emergency coordinator for a scan and then you moved up and then you moved up now to the director of public safety um eric we need you to not be relocated to the department of public safety in, in tallahassee can you promise me that if they offer you a job you'll say no I, i'm gonna stay here i, I love this game okay. i love i love what we're doing here I, I, look, I'm, I'm here this is where I, this is where i love to be this is where my roots are i know uh, there's no concern about that okay. I, i'm really happy because <laughs> like what i was thinking when you were in tallahassee is i'm like okay i want you to do good but not too good <laughs> <You know? laughs> 
<laughs> don't, don't, don't get noticed too much. Um, hey, I got a couple of things I want to get to with you. Hang on for just a second. We're talking to Eric Gilmore, Director of Public Safety in Scambia County. Candy Collagen's got traffic on the fives. Okay, watching uh, one area. This is I-110 northbound near Maxwell Street, and we're not showing a roadblock this morning. Uh, if you uh, have an accident or slowdown, you can always call or text us at 437-1620. Candy Collington with your traffic on the fives. Thanks so much, Candy. Back to Eric Gilmore. Um, Eric, we got a new fire engine at Interarity Point Station 8. Is that right? That is correct. It's one of the uh, one of the three uh, demos that we had ordered uh, that came in ahead of time. And it's, uh, it's out there at Station 8, and happy to get that thing online and in service. Uh, you know, we got the other one that's going to be coming online at Station 7 uh, for Ferry Pass. I think they're about done with that one, uh, fixing, getting the shelving and everything just right. And then uh, the other one is going to go up to Station 5. And then, then we, of course, have four more on order, uh, three other customs, and then, of course, the uh, ladder that the uh, board just approved. So uh, very excited about having some new equipment rolling into the area and getting, that thing on, getting those things in service. All right. You know, I can't say I can't not say it right. The the new ladder of the two we could have had. But OK, fine. <laughs> I know you, you yeah, know, I know, no. I know, I know it's fine. Um, one of the things that you know, people, I, will, I will take one of the two. So well, I, no, one's better one than none. One, one is better than <laughs> none. One's not as good as two. Um, one of the other things I wanted to ask you about is uh, Dave Tarsell, the EMS chief, have been talking about some improvements, uh, for example, you know, triaging cases to make decide whether you really do need to send EMS or transport, telecare, you know, in order to avoid having the cost of a transport. And then also the other side, of so cutting down costs and raising availability of the trucks, because we still do have wait time problems uh, sometimes. And uh, the other side right. of this is trying to help people with opioid addictions. And he was really emphatic about this is ongoing kind of case management to take them from intake for an overdose through to treatment, which it's that few days in between that are the real challenge. Made any improvements on any of this stuff? So we are finishing up the uh, PO. So we're fixing to receive the money from the state. We're excited about that. So, that's for the uh, opioid have, stuff. Uh, they, that's, that's for the opioid stuff. Okay. So that will. So we're fixing to receive the money for it, which will allow us to. Uh, and also, he's finishing up the job description, so we can hire the additional staff that that uh, core project is going to fund. So we should be hiring staff here within the latter part of this month. Oh wow! Honestly. Okay. Uh, so we'll get that. Yeah. So we'll get that staff. Uh, Sandra Smiley and those guys at Community Health Forces Florida, you know, they don't have the governmental process, so they've already hired their staff. They're ready to go. So we're, we're having to go through our process, uh, but we're, we're trying to fast track it. So we'll have the staff on board, uh, hopefully first part of November, mid-November, no later. Uh, we've already got the equipment identified for the uh, crew to go out there and do what they're supposed to. We've already got iPads ordered uh, that are, you know, uh, wireless access so we can have telemedicine. Uh, we've already got our partners already, you know, everybody's done signed off on this. So we've got our partners, main partners across the board, ready to go and engage. And we've got a way that we're going to get our pharmaceuticals. So all the pieces are in place. Uh, we're just getting the funding now and then uh, doing the hiring. And then we're ready to pull the trigger and put the people in a vehicle out there in the field. Uh, making contacts with uh, citizens or, you know, they're in a program with us. And, and this is, you correct me if I'm wrong, but this is to get people onto a medicine that makes them not want and not even really get a high from the drugs if they use them, right? That's, is, am I right about that's what this program is? You, you're absolutely right. It is, uh, it is uh, Suboxone. Okay. Uh, that we're hoping to do, it, to make sure that they are taking their daily regiments. Uh, so the, stu- the crew that we hire, they're going to be out there day in, day out, meeting with these people face to face. You know, you know, we, 
take a, we take somebody who's overdosed, we take them to the hospital, the hospital tries to engage them and get them into an uh, intervention program or, or a program in which uh, they can get cleaned up and then, you know, it's, it's done. They pretty much say they've shoved it off and then whatever the program does, it does. And there's no follow through or follow up. So EMS is bringing the peace between the hospital and the clinic side to make sure that there's follow-up, that they're doing the regiment that they're supposed to be doing and having that daily contact with those individuals that we should hopefully will have a higher success rate of people um, being less addicted. And, and, and by the way, this is one of those like nobody can object to this kind of things because, uh, you know, it's taking care of people. It's helping them become less dependent and less seeking of drugs. So you're solving the addiction life kind of side of it. But also if, you know, under the current system, somebody ODs, we, we give them the shot. We bring, you know, we give them the Narcan. We take them in. Uh, they go back. They do drugs again. They get the Narcan again. That's a call. That's time. That's money. That's Narcan. Yes. And now what this does is if you can get them out of that loop and get them onto treatment where they're not wanting the drugs, then you're not having to use the Narcan. You're not having to use the trucks and and labor and you're freeing up space. It's like hiring extra drivers and trucks. In the I mean, that's the way I think of it. Is that the way you think of it? That is exactly the way to think of it. That is a perfect explanation for a layperson as far as that cycle, breaking that cycle. I mean, we're, we're going to see them anyway down the road if we don't we do not do anything to intervene or try to make sure that they're, they're doing a regiment. You're right. We'll see this same addict over and over and over, and it burns up the resources. Now we're going to do we're going to intervene, and we're going to go see them daily. We're going to try to put our hands on them, make sure that they're doing what they're supposed to be doing, and they're getting the resources they need to break that cycle. That's the key. Breaking yeah. that cycle. No, it's a very good explanation, sir. And, and I, you know, as a conservative, I know some people will be like, well, we shouldn't be. Help-. No, this is going to save a ton of money. This is a really good thing for us. Eric Gilmore, he is the director of public safety for Escambia County and not Tallahassee. Uh, Eric, thanks so much for the time this morning. Don't leave. Uh, we'll talk to you again soon. Thank you, Andrew. I appreciate it.